Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, my name is Alan Moore and you're listening to Gaelic Games Europe's twice-weekly podcast, This Sunday's Game. Happy Canada Day and a very warm welcome this 1st of July to This Sunday's Game. We're going to go to Munich shortly and speak with GGE Vice Chairperson Anthony McDermott. He's going to tell us what he and his committee have set down for us for the rest of the year for games and activities. And also, of course, he's going to tell us that in 2021, we have something massive to look forward to. That is, of course, the European Super League. But first, a little bit of news. All we want for Christmas is our two front teeth, or two All-Ireland finals. On the 13th of December, the Lee McCarthy will be handed out. And on the 19th of December, the Sam Maguire. We are back into pre-2001 with no second chances. Yes, you heard it no back door so the meeting of Limerick and Clare and Munster with the winner facing tip the clash of Galway and Wexford and Leinster there's going to be a lot of thrills and spills very early on now Westmead they are going to play Dublin in the quarterfinal and of course up in the north Donegal or Tyrone are going to exit in the quarterfinal in Ulster Many of us tuned in to the Hurling Around the World webinar hosted by the GAA. Incoming GAA President Larry McCarthy had this to say about the way that the GAA is moving. He said that we're becoming like America, where if you are not numero uno, you don't count. The whole system in the USA, of course, where he has been based, is geared towards producing the best elite athletes. And that's a dangerous thing in the context of club participation. He ended off by saying, we couldn't go there. That's not us. And we won't go there. We have to make sure that we take care of the second and third and the fourth levels. That's 98%. With the English Premier League done and dusted and not a whole lot of social distancing observed in Liverpool, all eyes have now turned to the FA Cup. On Saturday the 18th of July, Arsenal will play Man City and a day later, Man United play Chelsea. So it could be an all-mank final. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fail four dope tests and not get banned for life. It can only be an American athlete. Jarrell Big Baby Miller, the American heavyweight boxer, has failed yet another dope test. Last year he was due to face Anthony Joshua in a world title fight, but of course failed for EPO. Yes, the one that Lance Armstrong loved. Now, of course, he has insisted that he is outraged, that he is losing a lot of money, and that he should not be banned for life. As he said, there is information that will come out eventually. I have made mistakes, big ones, losing financial rewards with the Joshua fight, which hit me hard. I know I messed up again with the world watching. Of course, he insists that he has done nothing wrong and that it was a contaminated substance. UK promoter Eddie Hearn has said that his career is over. I don't think any credible promoter will ever let him fight again. Of course, that's Eddie, who is very, very friendly with Daniel Kinahan. Basketball is back. On July 30th, the NBA is scheduled to return. The WNBA is back also. However, there are fears over a further coronavirus outbreak, especially in Florida, where the games will be played. Major League Baseball owners and the Players Association have agreed to come back for a shortened season at the end of this month. However, today, on the 1st of July, it is Happy Bobby Bonilla Day. The 57-year-old ex-New York Mets player is just after collecting $1.2 million. He will continue to collect those checks until he turns 72. 
Why is that? Well, because when he was leaving the Mets in 2000, they agreed to buy out his $5.9 million contract. However, instead of giving him cash up front, they said he would pay him $1.2 million for 25 years, starting July 1st, 2011, plus 8% interest. Nice work if you can get it. And now on with the show, and we fly down to Munich virtually to meet with Anthony McDermott. And I'm delighted to welcome on to this Sunday's game. It's a guest I've wanted to have on for quite some time. He's a regular listener, first time, well, caller, I guess. Uh, he is the vice chair of Gay Games Europe, as well as the men's coach for Munich Column Kill. And my dear from Cavan, you're very welcome. Thanks very much, Alan. Thanks for having me. Uh, okay, so I, I don't want to hear the criticism of the podcast just yet, um, hmm. but I'm going to ask you straight away, um, how's life down in Munich at the moment? Ha- has much changes after the lockdown restrictions have been lifted? They're still being quite cautious here, uh, especially in Bavaria and when you compare it to the rest of Germany. Um, like we, we have to wear a mask everywhere we go. Uh, it's a bit more cold. Like we, we still have the social distance training at football. Whereas a lot of the rest of Germany, they can start tackling each other. Maybe in the typical German way, they've been just easing out of it slowly rather than charging out. For me personally, it didn't make a massive difference because my work kept going on. I was working on a site and yeah, I had some weeks where I had to do home office because we split the team up. Compared to other countries, Germany did well, so I can't really complain about the whole situation. I mean, you, you obviously being on the, the management committee as well and then looking after the whole games and organisation and the, the planning of the tournament and so on, how badly messed up has this been for 2020 and will it have a knock-on effect in 2021? It's just wiped everything completely. We were getting ready to get into the year, as you know yourself, mm-hmm. and we all thought everything... like. Even when March started, we were still in MC meetings, CCC meetings, planning everything. And then it was just overnight. I remember we had about three or four calls. You would have been on them as well in the space of 10 days or something. And just thinking, what is going on here? And then like as the months, the weeks went past, the months went past, you just get used to this and you start thinking of new ways. What, what can we do? Does it look like we'll get games at all? And... We had a great meeting back in April and I sent an email around to everybody then. And in that email, I said, we had six points that the CCC had come up with that we thought this is the way we could back into things. So we'll start with training, whatever type of training that'll be, uh, social distance training happened to be. Then the next step would be club activities. That'd be like tackling matches within your own club. And we've seen some of that has happened like in Zurich. The next step then would be matches with local clubs. That hasn't happened anywhere. Then you'd be going on to maybe nationwide matches, let's say in Germany or France or something like that, where you'd be allowed to have matches in, in your country. And then step five would be the regions, and six would be the pan-Europeans. And we wrote that in April, and here we are now in July, and we're not even out of the training yet. I'm not completely pessimistic for this year. I do think we'll have matches at some stage, but I think we have to be realistic as well as to what we can achieve this year and what we can achieve safely. That, again, that's the watchword that we, we, we've been discussing all along, is safety and coming back safely. Uh, can you outline for us what, what is happening now? What have you advised and laid out as a, let's just say, a roadmap for us returning? There are some changes, some pretty radical changes, to, especially the hurling and camogie. So 
for those that wouldn't know, Hurling Camogie up to now was a pan-European event that meant every club in Europe that played Hurling Camogie would meet up in one location and they'd play a blitz tournament type thing. Um, we spoke to every Hurling Camogie club across Europe, so our Hurling Camogie officers, we had Chris on there last week, um, and a lot of the feedback was some people mad to get back into it, really keen to get into it, and that's understandable. I'd be one of them mad to get back onto the pitch. Then there were other people as well that weren't as keen or they were fearful of what might happen or questioning, should we, be, should we be crossing borders at all? Should we be gathering in big groups? And you have to come down and you have to make some sort of a decision. So the decision of the CCC was, look at the, the big tournaments, dragging in people from all over Europe, huge distances. Let's just give it a right. Let's not do it for this year. That'd be the sensible thing to do. Um, so that was a big decision we made. And instead of having them pan-European type tournaments for the Hurling and Camogie, we've, our radical idea is to make four groupings. So to be geographical, to be close enough to each other that they could possibly drive up and back in a day. That was something that people said they'd feel safer about. I know the groups haven't been sent out yet, but let's say one group would be over in the Benelux type area. So they could travel up and back to each other that day. Another group could be, let's say, somewhere in Germany, the northern half of Germany and some of them clubs. Again, they could travel to each other and back in a day. They don't even have to do a tournament type thing. Two of the clubs could meet up and play a game. And this is the thinking we're getting. It's, it's a big change. It would mean that you, know, you could possibly have four different leagues going on with four different types of systems in them. It's up to themselves. We've let them come up with ideas themselves. We give them the green light then. I have had questions since I've sent that out a few days ago. Is this going to stay forever? Well, the answer is that wasn't the original plan, but let's see how it goes. If it turns out to be a great success, then why would you revert back to what we had? If it is a disaster, then of course, we'll just go back to what we had. One thing that has come back is it's kind of like the clubs, the people we have playing in clubs in Europe now, we know the people who play because they're registered. We don't know the people who have chosen not to play. And what I mean by that is I, I'm a father as well now, of a little two-year-old. I'd find it very hard to get to a tournament. And this is me who's massively into this and involved. You know, it's a full weekend. I think it's no harm. Like, let's look at the silver lining out of this crisis. Let's give this a go. Let's see. If, is this other way? When we have a chance now to do it, we've no other way of doing it. We, can't, we shouldn't have the big tournaments anyway. So this is the best we can do for this year and let's see let's see how it works it almost sounds like it's you know breaking down to an even almost like a sub-regional level so it's it's something that has been discussed of course in the management committee meetings and not just that this could be a way forward to help build up to something above that do you think that uh come next year that people are, are want you know that there, there is a kind of a talk that people want to go back to bigger regions or maybe that this kind of wave will say, no, do you know what? I think actually we'll, we'll stay small and then qualify for something bigger. I personally hope that this is the way to go. Um, I think it'll be a better solution all around. Um, to be honest, Alan, I don't know what what will happen next year. I, I don't know what the thinking is. You know, I think that this will stick. I think it's a good idea. I think it'll stick. If people can maybe get more weekends in where they can play and not spend as much money on hotels and things like that, get up and down on a day, a bit of a road trip. Another thing as well that I've thought of that would be a big help is sponsors. So like most of our clubs are sponsored by a local pub or something like that. We're not much good to them though. 
because when it comes to a big tournament, we have to go off and rent some big halls somewhere to fit everybody for dinner. Whereas if you're going down for a, a match with one or two clubs, you'd go into the place for a bite to eat after it before you went home. I just wanted just to, to, to step back because, you know, people who don't know you or recognize your, your accent that you're from Cavan, how did you end up out in Germany? Because Munich wasn't your first port of call. No, I ended up in Berlin. I was in Australia and I ended up meeting a few people there. I moved back to Germany then. Um, no, hold on, moving sorry. back, that means moving back to Cavan. Oh, my, sorry, moving, <laughs> moving to, back to Europe. So <laughs> yeah. I moved to Berlin. That was in 2010. And at the time, I, didn't, I had no interest actually in the GA. I'd watch it, of course, at home, but I didn't really think of checking it up to see what was going on because in Australia, I was living in the outback for the year. Um, so I wasn't involved in any of the clubs there. It was one day in 2014, I think it was, Cavan had reached the quarterfinals against Kerry and I went looking for a pub to watch it. Went down to a pub and met a couple of lads there watching the television. Chris Hennessy was one, lad from Kerry. Colin Manning was another fella that was there and there were two or three others and they were having kickabouts and puckabouts on a Sunday morning. So I got involved and things went from there and moved very, very quickly then and within six months or so we were playing for GA membership that was 2015 so hold on there was no in 2014 in, in the German capital one of the biggest cities uh, biggest city in Germany there was no GA club until that, that, that time in 2014 no and they used to be saying uh, you'd never make a GA club in Berlin I don't know I don't know why they said it but um, there were clubs in Munich and Dresden and loads of places but there was none in Berlin so we got it going and it it, it boomed so we got a GA recognition in November, 5th of November 2014, and Chris Hennessy sadly passed away a couple of months after that. Um, so that was a real tragedy, but it drove us all on then to make something even bigger and better for the club. And within a year, we had fielded men's football teams, ladies' football teams, and within a year and a half, we had hurling teams and camogie teams on the go. So it was a really quick growth. I remember myself and Chris speculating right at the start about how quick can you go with a club and how good could it be? And we had made predictions that we should win the region within three years and be European champions within five. And it came true. They were European champions in four <laughs> and they won the region as well. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 it's terrific to see that kind of growth. Now, of course, you're, you're down in Munich now and you're out, obviously, of Berlin. Now you're involved with Munich Common Kills. It, it must have you must have felt a bit of more than a bit of pride seeing that something you sort of been there at the start with then had blossomed. Oh, delighted. Yeah. Life is fantastic. And yeah, I got a lot of messages as well saying, well done. You started this off as well. And yeah, it was brilliant. They got over to Dublin and they played in the Leinster championship then. Yeah. It was a huge time for the club and hopefully they keep doing it. I've played against them since and they're an amazing outfit. Very, very strong team. Yeah, I know. I, I, I mean, we 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 played them in Prague last year, and they're very, very efficient. That's all I can say. You know, it was just they, you know, they they racked up six like, scores per half, and that was it. And that's what they wanted to do. It was just amazing, and they were yeah. very. It makes it when you play them it makes you feel like these counties that have to go up against Dublin <laughs> in, in an early round in the championship. <laughs> you, you just go, you know, and and even they themselves were keeping the score down. Yo, they, yeah. they, they, now in fairness, they were actually good, good sports. I mean, we say with Munich as well, we, we great clash of Munich. You know, it was, it was terrible when we saw the groups being drawn. You know, we, we, we played Berlin and then Munich. We're like, oh God, 
you know, and it's <laughs> the final. It was just like this is not right, you know. Yeah. Um, and to, moving off, what's the overall strength like of GAA in Germany at the moment? Germany's going well. Munich is the oldest club, I think it is. It should be. 2001 it was set up, and Munich is a strong club. It's not really a transient club, so a lot of the people who play here live here and are settled down here. So Munich, like a training's now, we've 20 lads and 15 to 18 lassies, that's every week. Youth section would have anywhere between 30 to 60 a training, maybe. Um, so it's a strong club, it's going well. Frankfurt's a huge club, doing very well as well. Hamburg, um, Hamburg's booming. It's late, was founded a year after Berlin, so their growth has been spectacular. And then you've got, you've got the German lads over in Darmstadt, that you've spoke to, you spoke to Chris about that as well. Stuttgart, it's a club there going well. It's everywhere, Dresden, um, and hopefully in the coming years, we'll get another few. What do you think is the, the key? I know this is kind of a slightly off topic. What's the, what's the key to continued growth for Gaelic games in Germany, Anthony? I think creating the German GA might have helped. Created a network of peop- like-minded people. So for those that don't know it, it started off 2015. We were down at the G- the European GG convention and all the German clubs were there and we said sure we might as well make and you know just a group where we chat and we called it the German GA and from that people would say well well I know somebody down in this town and can we help them out it's just communication is that helps keep every if somebody has a problem with how to deal with the local um, authorities with something to just ask what do I do you know and I think Communication in every walk of life is really important. And I think that's the key in Germany. Help each other out. If you hear of somebody that's starting something up, get on to them and ask them. With, with the, kind of the German culture, it always seems quite very well disposed towards an active life and towards sports and so on and so forth. Do you think that, you know, as we see in, say, Cologne have done or Darmstadt have done, they've gotten involved with a local university. Do you think that's a way to go that we can start to sprout clubs up around not just Germany but even further feel like in, in the Nordics or in France or so on I think we need to start we need to start branching out in general that'll be my personal opinion um, into univer- universities is a brilliant one you have a young population a lot of them fit mad for new sports yeah we should we should be pushing into universities more in France there's massive work going on in the schools there and it's credit to them what they're doing there Um and you can see some of the people who've started off at a young age in France coming through now and hockey and the Irish lads on the pitch. That's great to see. I think, I think we really need to start pushing more out into the local communities as well. I'm not saying drop the Irishness, but reach out a little bit more into that local thing. Because like if a crisis comes like now, the pandemic, a lot of clubs are short of numbers, you know. That's not good. You want them to survive. So I think we, we need to inside in everybody's club but also as a GG we need to start looking at ways and means to to support to get the local community more involved and more excited about it and that's why I think this idea in the Hurling Camogie could be good you know if you have somebody local new starting summer but if you said when's the next game or oh, you will you have to book flights and hotels and go to such a place it's not really attractive when you start same with the football the regions maybe are too big um, and maybe need to be cut down a little bit um, the European Super League is something that mm. has been a long time coming. You've you proposed it, pushed it. It's been accepted, brought forward in Munich last year at the the uh, convention. It's it's the thing that will lift Gaelic games in Europe to the next level. 
first of all, in that, can you just tell us a little bit about how it, it looks like, I mean, at, in the current format, and maybe what, how could it start next year, 2021? So how does it look and how could it start? Okay, so the original plan, I'm going to say original plan, the plan that was put out to people last year, which, of course, as you know, wasn't the original, original like we've been talking about this for years, was that we'd take the really strong teams, so let's say the winners of the regions, say this year, for example, and they'd go into a league of their own, uh, like a premiership or whatever you want to call it. We called it Super League. And that would mean, because some of them are really strong, and that would mean that the regions might be, I don't know, they might like it without these clubs in it, but these clubs could then play against other really strong clubs and it would be a really attractive league and a competitive league. Most people like the idea of, of having this, but a lot of the clubs that potentially would be in that still said we'd miss our regions. You know, that's our bread and butter. And what happens if something happens? that we lose a lot of players like now. So that has got us thinking again of maybe rethink the idea. So the latest kind of thinking is to start off as we do with regions or sub-regions preferably. And you're standing in it will qualify you to say your regional finals. If, there, if you have a massive region like Central East, for example, is a massive one. France is another huge one. You qualify for your regional finals. And let's say that could be the first half of the year up to say the summer break and take a break for the summer there's going to be something like the international thing might happen in the summer or the 15s or things like that come back in the autumn and then you could be into the next level where you're playing a european league type event so let's say that the winners of each region could be put into a, another league together and they play a group meet up twice or three times or whatever like i know rugby call it autumn internationals something along that that's catchy um, would be good but not only for the best teams in this system you could also have, say the runners up for the third places or whatever they'll all meet up in another division so you could have divisions of Europe as well as if you think of it as a club then you could compete in your region or in your sub-region you can then compete in your region you can then compete at a European level and all at your level or that's what you'd hope um, before I just ask you about the feedback because there has been some which of course is extremely important to help this grow and develop and to really you know take hold of the imagination do you think that in time possibly regions could form to face each other or is that even too early do you think it's a bit too uh, clunky um it's an interesting thought um i know that some of the feedback has been some of the weaker clubs have been asking i'm the weaker is an awful thing to say but um some of the some clubs have been asking could they join up could they amalgamate with neighboring clubs two or three of them maybe get together and could they then enter, let's say, our top league or like a senior championship, they might call it in Ireland. Something to think about. Like My first initial thoughts is maybe why not, but then who defines where they are? But that'd be simple then because you could say from position whatever in your table and down, anybody under that can amalgamate. So if you come third or fourth or whatever in your region or below, you could enter the top thing. I don't know. These These are the types of good problems that we should we, we should have out of this the feedback is it's good that you mentioned feedback because i'm and the ccc we like to kind of throw out ideas and get the feedback because we don't know what people are thinking if we go through the whole process right down to the end and put something out and then it's, the feedback is terrible then what do we do we've already finished the process so we rather put out an idea get the feedback back and you know, let the thing develop itself. And it gives everybody more input into the 
into the development of this. If you look at the current system that we have, it's not too far off what we do anyway. In yeah. football regions, you play, a lot of the regions are finished anyway in June, and then you wait for the Pan-Euros or the football finals in October, and that's it for the year. We should be using that second half of the year a bit more. Just put one or two more rounds in, and why not have it at this European level? Just and of course, financially, it'll pay off as well, because it is something attractive at that level, which is a higher standard and has more exposure, shall we say, it's going to be a lot easier to try and sell it to sponsors or to media, for example. Of course. That's that's another big thing. I, didn't, I forgot about that. People like sponsors would be very interested in this. And I think some of them have mentioned some things to some of the GG members already that they would be very interested if there was a higher level thing like going on. <clears throat> especially a league format rather than a one-day blitz is more appealing. So even if it was a two or three or four round uh, game league type system, and if, even if we, we could broadcast our own games or something, whatever we want, like some of that has gone on. We broadcast games as last year. At the yeah, final, yeah the Panthers and the Hurling as well, yeah. Yeah, so there's, like, there's a load of... There's so many different things you could do with it. It's, when you start thinking about it, and anybody that's listening, I'd like them to start thinking about if you go down the road that I know myself and yourself have gone down, Alan, for a couple of years now, <laughs> of thinking of what could be and what could happen. And what if we got a big sponsor? And what if you, you get really excited about it? Yeah. Like I have and you have. And yeah. it's not a dramatic change, but like down at the basic level, you could have more locals playing at a more local type thing. And all the way up to, you can work your way up to try and win and be champions of the European Super League. And that's what sport is all about, really. You have to have something to play for and aim for something higher. And When you go to that level and when you have that, kids who are there, like your kids training in Munich, if they have, you know, if they can see that they can aspire to this, it's like we all grew up with as kids. You play for your local club and then you want to go for yeah. county. It doesn't matter if your county's terrible if they're Ross Common or whatever it doesn't make a difference you can still aspire to play for your county you know I'll say for Dublin or Loud I mean because there's a long time you know Dublin were, were awful you know couldn't get out of Leicester yeah. but it's that kind of it doesn't matter you want to wear that jersey in your back um, and before we go away um, just in, in terms of the, the feedback overall um, first for the the current CCC guidelines for the rest of the year and then for the, the European Super League how have they been? Generally good so this year we I mentioned already the hurling the camogie it has been good like some of the feedback is is this going to stay forever? The answer is we don't know um, are we going to get extra rules or new competition regulations or something for it? the answer I'd say would be no just let maybe let it happen and let it grow let it see let's see what happens out of it um, of course there's going to be the, uh, some rules of some regs of some sort but let's look at it first of all as it's really all we can do for this year so let's let the thing happen let's let the games happen and if it's a big success let's run with it and that's been the feedback in general people are happy to play games for that the football is the same um, a lot of the feedback as I said there for the Super League and that idea has been good a lot of people say they would like to maybe go down into a smaller region. Um, we've done other things. We're looking at the competition regulations. Um, there are a lot of things in there that, that probably need changing. We spoke about it at a convention last year. The yeah. monetary fines is something that we need to look at. Um, the ladies' pitches every year at convention that keeps coming back. 
keeps coming back in motion with the ladies' pitches. They're too small to get the little patch of grass out in the car park. We have a really good idea to sort that out, um, but I'll wait until the county committee to discuss it as well. Um, I don't want to say it here. The feedback is from that email that you brought, you put it out on social media yourself. I think the feedback from that has been really good. We were delighted with that. CCC, I like, I like working on that committee. It's great people in there. It's stressful. And you, we also have the horrible job of if somebody gets a red card, we have to deal with it and ban them. And then at the other end, we get to decide like fixtures and things like that. So it's a nice mix. It's a tough job that someone's got to do, but I'm glad that you're doing it because uh, yeah, <laughs> you're, you're, you're moving us in the right direction. And Thanks for Vice Chair of Gate Games Europe and, of course, uh, men's coach in Munich Columbia. Thank you very, very much and uh, enjoy your evening. Thanks very much, Alan. As the final whistle blows on this episode of this Sunday's game, we'd like to thank Anthony McDermott for his time and we're looking forward to the new look structures and, of course, the European Super League next year. We're back, of course, on Sunday. So until then, take care of yourselves and each other.